1: Stories of Chains Broken and Hearts restored. Here are your hosts, Jim Moore and Pastor Dwight Anderson. Welcome. Welcome to Prison Transformation Radio. We're brought to you on AM980, The Mission, the Christian Voice of the Twin Cities. This program, we'll be exploring a criminal's journey to eternal freedom with Serenity Village Pastor Jed Lindstrom, author of the book Breakout. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, We appreciate our sponsors, Crossing Home, which is a leading provider of transitional support services and housing for those recovering from addiction and re-entering society from incarceration. Please visit Crossing Home at crossinghome.org. So about today's show, prepare to be moved and inspired by Pastor Jed's story of hope and transformation. It's not easy breaking out of a lost life, finding You'll get a chance to find out how Jed found his way out and how you can find your own. Also, you'll be amazed by the work of Serenity Village, also a leading provider of transitional housing and support and community for recovery and reentry. My name is Jim Moore. I am the director of the R3 Collaborative, and my dear friend and my co-host, Pastor Dwight Anderson with Prison Mission Association. How you doing, Pastor? I'm
2: doing great. I'm really excited about today's show. I am
1: too. What are you excited about? Well, kind of lead a, us into it, and then we'll bring yeah, well, Pastor Jed in.
2: Yeah, Jed's a dear friend of mine. Uh, when I, I first about him, when I picked up his book, uh, Breakout, I picked it up at a church in St. Paul, and I was visiting there. And then when I was invited to speak at the Coalition of Prison Evangelists conference down at Daytona Beach last year, he he was in Daytona Beach. So I, I contacted him to see, hey, could I, I'd like to meet him, maybe go into prisons and, and visit some churches down there in Daytona Beach. And then he told me on the phone... He's actually moving back to Minnesota. There you go. And so I said, oh, well, you can come into prison with me in Minnesota. So he comes in with me. And and then the the, the cool thing is, too, I found out why he moved back to Minnesota was to become a pastor at the Serenity Village, where my friend Mike Shea ministers at. And so Mike Shea comes into prison with me, and and Jed does, too, and gives out his book. So it's exciting. And we're looking forward to hearing about his story. So, Jed. Welcome. Hello. Hey, Welcome. thank
0: you so much for having me on today. Good to have a, you here, It's Jay. an honor. Love yeah. you guys.
2: Yeah, we love to hear the, about the stories of transformed Life, because it's Prison Transformation Radio, Changing Hearts with Christ. So tell us about yourself and how God worked in transforming your life.
0: Well, I uh, grew up in a small town called Stillwater, Minnesota, oh. and so I'm native here in Minnesota. Uh, my family was Iron Rangers. Uh, grew up, they grew up in Hibbing. And my dad actually took a job in uh, working at the prison when it first opened up back in 1983, 84-ish wow. at Oak Park Heights Maximum Security. So um, wow. I was born in 1980, moved down to Stillwater, grew up in Stillwater and with an amazing family. Um, so grew as a kid, I grew up going to church and everything else like that. Um, and my dad was uh, very successful uh, working at the prison, um, and he also was um a businessman he had opened up a jewelry shop in, in in town there and so as a young kid growing up you know just having a great loving family uh at the same time a struggling family um so my my dad and my mom actually they took us to church all the time
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know we 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 were going to church on uh, on a regular probably three days a week mo- you know wednesday Friday night specials, and then and then Sunday. Wow! And so we actually drove a lot of times. We went to church in Stillwater. We also went to church in North Minneapolis. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't understand why, as a kid, why we went as much as we did. I didn't really have a, I wouldn't say like like a tight relationship with God or anything like that. But um, so it was really one of the, I think a building point for my life as a kid was when my parents uh, divorced when I was nine. And, um, it really left a lot of question marks in my mind, you know, and it left a young man, young boy with a broken heart. Mm. And so I grew up just kind of like wondering why my family split up. And then what just kind of led me down a, a pathway of just, you know, kind of diving into sports. Actually, I was into athletics, uh, and then shortly after I got highly involved in athletics, I got diagnosed with ADHD and Tourette's syndrome. They're trying to figure out how to Mm -hmm. medicate me so that I'm not too hyperactive, Mm -hmm. but, you know, try not to create a zombie all at the same time. So I was about 10 years old when I got into, you know, like multiple sports. And so I was an athlete and that kind of, you know, changed. I still was an athlete turning 13. I was playing basketball, baseball, football, wrestling, and just kind of finding my escape in that. And then my mom was still taking us to church after the split, but it wasn't as appealing mm-hmm. because what I saw, you know, as a kid growing up, I, I I I look at it now like, man, that was pretty hypocritical. But at the end of the day, like, who's not a hypocrite, right? Mm-hmm. And but as a young kid, you have no clue. So for me, that confusion just kind of set in and I just util- I used that as an avenue to just kind of be rebellious, kind of do my own thing and i got connected with some kids that were you know involved in drugs and and crime at a young age about 13 14 years old so i don't know um from there i just i kind of traded my baseball cleats in i like to say you know for that lifestyle you know i looked at it and i saw kids that i thought were happy and you know they looked like they had something it was like a sense of family and even as much as my mom was reaching out to me to love me and care for me I started kind of my journey in the drug crime life at a young age and I just kind of went all in you know yeah. mm-hmm. and, I, and like I said I, I literally traded my dream to be a major league baseball player for that lifestyle so it was kind of wow. that was kind of the beginning yeah
2: if you would
1: sad mm-hmm. I, I can relate to myself I can relate I'm thinking of my son
2: mm-hmm. common
1: story mm-hmm. sad but true
2: yeah so what happened then
0: well, I mean, I just, I got involved in it and pretty much from 1993 until um, 2004, it was kind of like a whirlwind of addiction in and out of jails, in and out of treatment centers and just kind of bouncing place to place until finally um, in 2004, October 11th of 2004, I um, I kind of bounced off of a couch onto the street, you know, where I was familiar with the street life. I was familiar with living and just kind of doing whatever, whether it was burglary or it was, you know, selling drugs or whatever it took to get money, you know, I did it. And I wasn't ashamed of it at the time. I am now, but I wasn't then. And so October eleventh, two 2004, I finally bounced out onto the street and recognized that I, I really needed to get some help. And so I called my mom, who my mom was the kind of person who was always there for me, loved me, cared for me. And not saying that my dad did, I just didn't have a relationship with them, mm-hmm, you know. Yeah. And so I took that um and you know, my that was my key resource, my go-to resource and person was my 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 mom, really. So she was praying for me, believing for me to change my life and, and that's that's exactly what happened. And the beginning of it happened October eleventh of two thousand and four when my mom picked me up off of the street and drove me to the St. Paul Law Enforcement Center, the jail, to turn myself in on a on a on a warrant. And I was there to face uh, four felonies and a mandatory prison sentence of 33 months. Oh, my Lord. And so I, 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 that first, my first day when I was incarcerated, I remember I, I, I was on a jail cell floor and I got on my knees and I just started crying out to God. And it's funny, it, you know, not funny that I was crying on a jail cell floor, mm-hmm. but it was uh, pretty interesting that the only thing in my jail cell was a Bible. And crazy mm-hmm. enough, because when they clean the jail cells, when you're going in there on your own, I mean, when you're going in there and you're alone, there's nothing in there because they clean out the cell, right. you know. But for right. there to be a Bible in there Someone was interesting. Yeah, le- they left it, uh, and I did. But I didn't have to request it. Usually, when somebody leaves it, they take it out, and you uh-huh. have to request it. It was right there. Oh, I see. And that's the that's the cool part, right? So I kind of tracked that now, and I and I was tracking it then too. I thought it was amazing, and I opened it up. It was a Gideon's Bible, Hmm. and I opened it up, and I looked right down on it, and you got to realize, for 11 years, I was a drug-addicted thief, criminal, like literally day in and day out, plotting and scheming how I was going to make my next dollar, and I made my next dollar, you know, and everything else. So I opened it up to Ephesians chapter 4, verses, I think it's 28, 29, somewhere around there, and it says... um, thieves stop stealing instead work with your hands and give diligently to others in need mm-hmm. and i remember thinking to myself like never again like i can't steal ever again like this is the bible yeah. and i knew enough about the bible to know like whatever it says it's like it's true mhm and so for something it was just kind of like bam it hit me wow. and i was, and it was a revelation to me though for the it was like the spirit of the holy spirit uh-huh. began to breathe it like a fire and it 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 started to be branded on the inside of me. And so I started praying and I, and I, I committed my life to Jesus because I had done that before, but wasn't really serious about it. Kind of, but not really fully surrendered. So I fully surrendered my life to Jesus and, and, and began to just ask him to fill me with his Holy spirit. So I got baptized in the Holy spirit while I was in, in a jail cell. And I don't know what you believe, but I began to speak in tongues, which was pretty awesome. And during that time, It was like God took out all this like deep seated hatred and rage and all this stuff, and then at the same time thinking to myself, man, I can feel like something just happened, but then I'm never supposed to steal again. Like that's how I make my money, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of become a mission statement for me. You know, obviously not stealing. It's kind of a no brainer, (laughs) right? But like. But to work hard with my hands diligently, right. yeah. and then to give generously to other people mm-hmm. in need, there's, there's a, there's a lot there. So the transformation for me began to take place while I was in that jail cell, and then um, when I went to court to go and get, um, what do you call that? Like sentence to get sentenced. Yes, thank you. Um, I was a lot more hip to that when I was going into the courtroom every week, uh, <laughs> to get sentenced. It, the mandatory sentence turned into a diversion sentence. And they court ordered me to go and complete Teen Challenge. Uh, Instead of three years. Instead of three years, whatever that is, yeah, yeah, in in prison, which was a huge blessing. And I just began to run with it at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge back in November. That would have been when they released me. I was in for about a month. And then I went into Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Started that in November of 2004. (laughs) And really, really, God messed me up there really good
1: he messed me up there it was a couple years later 2007 (laughs) yeah but oh he got me good too yeah Uh, i just want to say folks if you've just tuned in the we're you're listening to am980 the mission the christian voice we're prison transformation radio i'm jim moore one of your co-hosts pastor dwight anderson we come to you every saturday so if you miss any part of this show what i wanted to say go to am980themission.com and you can hear uh, the full podcast of of Jed's story, and in a minute, the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are today. We're visiting uh, the story. The theme of today is a criminal's journey to eternal freedom with Serenity Village Pastor Jed Lindstrom, author of Breakout. So, so Jed, the rest of the story. Yeah. So that's an old radio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> Like that it's one. not
0: like it's not still continuing, right? Like. So yeah, man, it was crazy because um, coming from a background of just of stealing and just kind of yeah. thinking that everything's mine, uh-huh. you know, when you have a thief mentality or a takers mentality, you just kind of begin, you know, you walk around the world thinking that everything you walk by is yours. It's just a matter of time before you get it. Yeah, you know, I deserve and, that. And you, do, yeah, like there's that level of entitlement. So when God began to break that off of me, I started to recognize that oh, wow, I really do have to work with my hands so I can give with a purpose, which is to be able to give generously to other people in need. Right. So I went through Teen Challenge and was like, what am I going to do when I got out? I had no clue. Like, the only jobs that I had were covers so I could sell drugs. So I didn't I didn't really have a skill set. I mean, yeah, I could hang sheetrock. I could do drywall. I could do that kind of – but I wasn't, like, skilled at where I could actually make money uh-huh. and have a living. Right. And so when I got out, I decided to go into, at the time, they just started the Bible school there when it was an accredited... It's a leadership institute now. It was an accredited Bible school. So at the time, I I actually enrolled in the Bible school, which was crazy because I hadn't read a book in my life. Wow. And I had only went to school to sell drugs when I went to high school. And so it was a huge paradigm shift for me to actually go in and go to Bible school. So that's where I, I kind of went from teen challenge and began to really pursue the call of God on my life. And that's where a lot of like dreams started happening and visions started happening. You know, some of that happened when I was in teen challenge, when I started learning to really pray and engage in my relationship with God personally, Mm -hmm. like to understand the power of the Holy spirit and the communion of the spirit and all these different things. But like at the Bible school, the first six months I failed every class. What? Yeah, I literally failed. I know. That's what I said. They didn't kick you out? No, they didn't kick me. They should have. <laughs> so amazing. like for six months, I failed every single class. Check this out. And for those of you listening, you know what I'm talking. This is going to be crazy. Just tune in for one more minute, all right? Listen, I failed the life of Jesus. I don't know how. Oh, that's it, a class? Yeah, the life of Jesus was a class. And I failed it, even oh. though I was pursuing my life with Jesus. Wow. So go figure that one out. I don't know how exactly that that works. And out, you still but, graduated, so somehow. I, but those the first six months. Now, the next eighteen months, I got my stuff together, and I actually got A's and B's. So that's the good news. <laughs> wow! Praise the Lord. And now you're living the life of Jesus. <laughs> but think about it. Like I yeah. didn't have a, you know, I didn't know what studying mm-hmm. was. I didn't know what reading was. Okay. And I skimmed through the books. Right. Like even going through the Bible school, I did the very best that I could, but I still didn't read a whole book. Hmm. I told my the guy that was a director of that program, and I told him, "Hey, look." I know like I I did fairly well towards the end, but I still didn't read a well, complete textbook. Yeah. I like skimmed it and went through the back. And that's the crazy part, you know? And I mean, I, I feel bad about that, you know what I mean? But that was what I had to do, you know, to kind of get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, you know, looking back on it now, I wish I would have put more time into reading. I just really struggled. And I think sometimes you have to embrace that that struggle. So anyway, kind of going through the, ministry school. I went through Bible school for about two years. And then when I got out of the Bible school, I, uh, with counsel and with, um, mentorship, I had some really great men of God. I I was like, this is what I'm feeling. I don't understand it all, but like, there's this mission organization that is willing to take me on as a missionary. And like, I want to be involved in full-time ministry. I want to travel as a missionary and mind you, I was a four-time felon. And while I was in Bible school, I was starting to travel and they started giving me travel permits. By I had to go and apply for them because I was I was on probation. You had twenty year probation. Twenty right? years of probation. So I'm traveling. I'm traveling while I'm in Bible school. Right before I go, to, before I get to this part of the story, I'm traveling while I'm in Bible school because I don't want to sit around on the couch watching TV during my break. So I took my two week breaks and started mission trips all around the United States. So I started traveling on a travel permit, and every time I got back from my travel, I had to pee in a cup. So I had to take a UA to make sure they just wanted to double check to make sure I wasn't doing drugs while I was doing mission trips. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's how yeah. I did it. Like, it was just crazy. So when I got out of Bible school, to make a long story short, I felt a call to ministry, got connected with a mission sending organization and um, actually left the Bible school with $250 of support, an airbed for my bed, two suitcases that I use as my dresser. And I stacked my clothes on top of that, those suitcases, hmm. and I and I rented a side room because I roomed with two other guys, that were you know definitely a little bit more uh, wealthy than I, I. At least they had a hundred dollars more than I did, and we just kind of all were going out on our own, if you would, wow. you know. And so That's, that was kind of the start of let's my go life, ministry? life and walk with God. And yeah, I I, um, I actually wasn't even didn't even start Let's Go Ministry yet. I was a missionary underneath an organization called Ripe for Harvest. Uh, which was based out of Mesa, Arizona, which pretty much logistically they helped with, uh, you know, administrative support and to make sure everything's run legitimately and stuff like that. So that was kind of my like launch into, you know, in my, my walk with God was shaky at best. Even when I first started getting involved in the call that I really knew God was calling me to, but he was still working on me individually. I had so much stuff there you know and so it's just been been pretty cool you know to look back on it and to see where i'm at currently and to see that he's not done with me yet and that's what i love and if, even for for those of you listening on to this podcast or radio like you know god isn't done with you yet He he's never done with you he's going to complete the work that he started so just don't give up
1: yeah amen and i just want to slip in pastor dwight yeah that's that's not an unusual story, for my understanding of mm-hmm. of teen challenge. How about Pastor Jeff Hill? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, how yeah. about Seth Evans with Metro Hope? That's who I lived with. The yeah. Beginning. Well, yeah. I, I was thinking of yeah, Seth, yeah. but but uh, people are being raised out. So yes. if you're out there struggling and wondering, but in your heart you've got a tinge that hey, that could be me, folks. That could be you. Absolutely. Tell us the phone number, Jim. 612-FREEDOM. All right. Thank you, Pastor. 612 <laughs> and just the letters, F-R-E-E-D-O-M. Yep. That's the portal to find out more about Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge.
2: Yep. that's awesome. So, Jed, you did write a book called Breakout. Absolutely. And I love it. And that's the reason we're talking here today, because I read the book before I even met you. And Chapter 3, you said you were the one voted in your class most likely to spend the rest of your life in prison. Oh yep. I love the story how God touched your heart and you have a real heart for the lost, if people want to get to hear the whole story, how can they get your book?
0: So yeah, they can go on to jedsbook.com. Okay. Again, jedsbook.com, <laughs> and they can just check it out there. That's about okay. as easy as it gets. Just perfect. to say, I earned that title, by the way. That's perfect. The most <sighs> likely to spend the rest of my life in prison. Like I really worked hard at that. <laughs>
2: All right, and now you're a pastor, associate pastor at Serenity Village. So we, we don't have a lot of time here, but can you tell us briefly what you do there and how people maybe listening could get involved with Serenity
0: Village? Yeah, so I'm strongly connected with uh, Serenity Village Community Church in Crystal, Minnesota. Um, operating right now as the associate pastor. And so we have a Tuesday night life recovery meeting that meets on Tuesday nights, 6.30 p.m. Bible study, 6.30 p.m. And we have two services on Sunday, 10.30 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And involved in a lot of outreach ministry as well that goes on throughout the week, pretty much seven days a week, you know, twenty four seven operation, and this constantly your, on call.
1: Yeah, this isn't your grandpa's recovery church. No, 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 this Folks, is the real this deal. This place is on yeah. fire. Yep, the church yep. is full. The most exciting recovery meetings I've ever been to. Right. Yeah,
2: How yeah. many do you get now on a Tuesday night? I
0: mean, Tuesday night probably three, three fifty. Wow. You know, sometimes upwards of that as well, depending. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we're growing, fast growing, and. Just uh, God's God's on the move, and we're excited to be the extension of the body in the body of Christ, and we are the hands and feet of Jesus. So Amen. it's just it's incredible, you know, just being connected to such a powerful work, and to know that the best is yet to come.
2: You want to reset? No, no. no. Okay, we're, just, we're pretty much resetting we're in okay. a couple minutes. Okay, but thank you, Pastor. <laughs> All right. So, Jed, is there anything else that you want to tell the audience as we've as we're winding down here, maybe about your life and how people maybe that could relate to what you, the struggles you went through, you know, your your dad. And, th- and that's a pretty typical thing of people in prison. It's something like 80% of them, the absent father. You yeah. Know? And then you struggle that even with your father, understanding God the father, mm-hmm. you know. And so if somebody's listening today and they need to really get some help, how can they connect with Serenity Village or uh, connect with you?
0: Well, I want to say one thing because... When I was in Teen Challenge, I had a counselor, a pastoral counselor that was really real with me, and um, and he said something that always stuck with me. He said, Jed, you'll never get right with God until you get real with God. And it's always it's always held such a close part of my heart because I feel that that was the place where my relationship with the Lord really began to go a lot deeper. So I just want to say for those of you who are listening right now that, in you know, you may be wondering to yourself, I mean, is God real? Is, does God exist? And all those things. I'll tell you, the best way to find out how good and amazing God is, is to just get real with him. Just talk to him. Just speak the way that you speak right now. It doesn't matter. Whatever comes out of your mouth, God understands it. Mm-hmm. God, God uh, can uh, relate to what you're going through. He says that he was tempted in every way yet without sin. So you, you might as well learn from someone who's been through everything mm-hmm. yet didn't cave into the temptation and the darkness around him. So you can glean and learn from God because he loves you and he cares for you. And um, I just I'll, I'll just encourage you with that. Just get real with God and allow him to really guide your life and be the light of your life.
1: Amen. I'd just like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank you, Pastor, for being here and sharing Absolutely. your heart. And folks, there's a lot more to this story. Check out Serenity Village in Crystal. That's where the church is. You can. There's also housing programs, all kinds of things. So this is Jim Moore with the R3 Collaborative, Pastor Dwight Anderson with Prison Mission Association. And we would like to give you an opportunity, Pastor, to take it to the Lord for us. We always like to close in prayer. Would you be willing to do that?
0: absolutely lord we love you we thank you we just invite your spirit your holy spirit to just pour out on the minds the hearts and the lives of our listeners right now god we ask that you would transform hearts god transform lives and transform communities and nations in jesus name lord bless every listener above and beyond anything they've ever asked for or thought of in jesus name amen amen
2: amen Amen. thanks jed and we'll see see my pleasure. Thank you so much. God yeah. bless you guys. We'll see everybody next week.